You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We are talking about a brand new safety that the 49ers have signed. Eric's thoughts on Tony Jefferson, the newest Niner. Trey Lance made his way to Las Vegas with other 49ers, but for some reason, uh, Trey Lance's appearance in Las Vegas got some people stirred up a little bit, so I think we got to talk about that. And obviously, no Julio Jones to the Niners. He's going to the Tennessee Titans. What does that mean for the 49ers and the current wide receiver group that looks like it's going to be most likely the group at least that starts the season? And we'll see how things go there at wide receiver. And actually, we'll check in with uh, the folks at Pro Football Focus that still like the 49ers pass catchers very much in 2021. And then you've got Eric Crocker over here dodging tornadoes over there in, in Arkansas right now. Man, uh, you, do you yeah, have like a basement or something? Can you hear it in the background? Can you hear the thunder? No, I can't hear it. Oh, man, it's rolling. Is it's it? rolling right now. Do you have a basement yeah. in the gym there somewhere or something? I need one, shoot, because this top is coming off <laughs> that tornado comes. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I know folks that live uh, in certain parts of the country are like, how could you live in California not knowing if there's going to be an earthquake? I mean, the, the tornado thing is, is weirder to me. Like, you see towns get torn up, and, you know, um, you get you, in Florida, you get the, uh, the tropical storms that are coming through there. Like, that, that stuff's yeah. crazy, man. Picking up cars, tearing off roofs. Yeah, a few cars got flipped. There was a tornado about a month ago. A few cars got flipped about a mile from my house, a mile north of my home. So that's a little creepy. It is, but uh, I'm still here, so I guess we're all right. Like, eventually every town has to rebuild at some point, right? It would seem like. Eventually. I mean, you know, I'm in the old town. Some of it might be needed. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Take off some of the old buildings, some of the old roofs that need repair anyway, and then start over. You know, the weird thing here is, uh, you know, you you hear like, you know, trailer parks, like in California, you know, trailer parks or whatever, like some people live in trailer homes or whatever. But out here, it's like a thing. Like, it's it's fine. In California, you know, if you live in a trailer home, you might, you know, people might give you a hard time or whatnot. Yeah. Out here, it's just, yeah, living in a trailer. Like, you know, there's nothing, nothing wrong with it at all. And that was kind of interesting moving out here and seeing just how many people just, you know, they have land and then boom, they just plop a trailer home there. Yeah. There's actually some really nice ones. Like there's some that are like, they're like double trailers and you go in, they're like 2000 square feet, brand new appliances, like (laughs) marble countertops. Legit land too, right? Like a ton of space too. It's not like you're in this little trailer park next to somebody. You've got a legit property and you throw a trailer on there and you're good. Yep. There, uh, most people have land, man. It's it's different. That t- totally different way of living than what I'm used to, you know, being in California. A lot of there's people I talk to and they can't they couldn't fathom having neighbors. They're like, How do you have neighbors? Like <laughs> people live next to you? Like, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder too. It's like, you know, why why do I have stinking neighbors? I don't like my neighbors that much. No, my neighbors are cool yeah. at least right now. Um that's fun. Dude, and living in the city in San Francisco, there's people there you're never more than like I don't know, twenty feet from a human, you know. Yeah. There's somebody on another wall right next to you in your apartment, you know. There, there's people on top of you. The way that that houses are split up into such tight quarters, you're never not really close to somebody, even if they're in another quote unquote home. You know, you're you're pretty close to other human beings. So very different. Yeah, lifestyle. I couldn't do I couldn't do the, the San Francisco living. I mean, it it's just piled on top of each other, mm-hmm. home after home, and so expensive. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's pricey. There's some things I miss about it. 
the the cost of living is one of the things I don't miss. Uh, I miss all the great. I mean, it's cool because you could just stroll out your door and have world class anything, food and beverage and any kind of food you want. You, you can find some of the best in the world, and uh, you know, you can walk. You can use public transit. And then you start moving away. Then you're like kind of strapped to your car. You have to use your car for everything. And then it's like, gosh, dang, I got to go to another town just to get like, you know, good sushi or, you know, good whatever. So there's, you know, there's some give and take there. So it depends on where your priorities are. Yeah, my priorities. I'm just very frugal. Before we hopped on, the 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 discussion between In-N-Out and Five Guys. Oh, that's ignited. that's never ending. I, the, see, the thing I hate about that discussion is, to me, they're all trash. Like, why are people arguing about this fast food? Like, <laughs> don't eat it. Go make your own burger in the backyard. It'd be better than all of them anyway. So that is true. But if you had to choose between one and two, my thing is, I think that Five Guys has a good burger. But is it really considered fast food if you're paying 15 Plus for yeah, a meal. Because then you could I find mean, whatever town you're in, you could find a better burger than that. If you're going to go pay sit down dinner prices, you could find a, a, right. an awesome burger, right? Because you got to pay the fries right. separate at Five Guys and it ends up being uh, pretty pricey. So yeah, it kind of depends on, on what you're looking at there. And then for me, the only time I really ever eat fast food is on a road trip. And if I'm on a road trip, I'm probably going to stop at Chipotle over the burger joints anyway, you know, but you know, in and outs right. fine. Five guys is fine, but I just don't understand why people argue over stuff. That's not that great to begin with. Like there's way better stuff in everybody's town. Probably if you're looking for the best burger. So if price isn't a problem, then go find the best burger. If you want something cheap, then, you know, drive through and, and get what you like. Since you've had a little Leo and you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're married and everything. Have you, do you pay more attention to the price of stuff when you're out? Cause me, I have, I have a wife. I have multiple kids. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not taking them to, to five guys. Yeah. No. No. See. Yeah. No. I could totally see that. If if you've got a whole crew, because me, it's just wife, kid. Kid doesn't eat very much anyway, and I we go out so much less now, and plus we're not in the city anymore that I think we ended up paying less, even though we have an extra person we're paying for just because we we eat at home so much more than we used to. But if I'm going out yeah. all the time and I got multiple kids, then in and out for sure over five guys. And, and price right. is absolutely going to be considered. If I'm just a single dude out on the town, you know, whatever, then it doesn't matter maybe. Right. And I think that's the part, like, it's like I can't have this discussion. If you're single with no kids, I can't have this yeah. discussion with you because you don't understand. <laughs> like, you don't understand how a $15 meal turns into $65, $70 if you have a family. You know? mm -hmm. It's like really ridiculous. And I hate spending money on things that I can't see like the next day. So the fact that I'm spending 70 bucks and my kids probably aren't even going to eat all their food and 30 <laughs> minutes later, it's just, it's just over with. Like, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't do it. Dude, and, and I saw you going back to the corn dogs again after we just talked about it on the pod. I know. I you ripped out now. more of the corn dogs. When when is when is your wife gonna get back into town so you can start eating right again? Is my question. Oh man. Well, you know, I leave to California on on Wednesday night, so I think the there corn dogs straighten it back yeah. up. But Although, I have to finish them off now. I can't waste the rest that are there. And <laughs> you the box the that I got, got was it twelve dogs? You got to get down now. The the box. I don't know why, but it was like a box of twenty two. Oh, so <laughs> that's a lot of corn dogs for one. I person. can't let it go. So I'm just throwing them in the air fryer. <laughs> Twenty two <laughs> corn dogs, dang! Yeah, that can't be good for. I saw you though working out the footwork. You were, uh, I think it was at TCU, going through the bags. People trying to give you crap because you're going through it so slow. But that that wasn't full speed, Crocky. There. No, and I mean I was being funny about it. The reason why I was going so slow is because I mean I didn't have any cleats on, and the bag was like it was kind of big. It was weird how 
But like, I think people think that's how it really moves. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put together a full on video of me just really like getting after it. Somebody throwing me the ball, everything. And I'm like, nah, I still, I still got it. And like, if worst case scenario, <laughs> I can make it look good for a, a 20 second video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, this guy ain't covering anybody. What is that footwork all about? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, Crocs over here training athletes. And uh, that's why you're over there at TCU. That's what's going on in the background a lot of times. But the gym's all quiet. We're talking 49ers here. Next, let's get into Tony Jefferson, what he means to the 49ers defense. Trey Lance in Las Vegas and no Julio in San Francisco coming up. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, full swing, there's something there all season long, all summer long to bet on, but we've got NHL and NBA playoffs happening. Those are always super fun to bet on as the summer gets started. UFC, MMA action, we've got golf tournaments, we've got horse racing. There's no end to things. You can bet on at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device, check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information reality TV, award shows, you name it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams are in their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today, betonline.ag, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. A lot of safeties. Croc? I mean, we got Tart and Ward, obviously. I didn't think that team was even going to bring back Jaquaski Tart, who was a free agent. Marcel Harris, Tarvarius Moore. So, you know, solid backups. I think you're feeling pretty good about that group of four coming into the, the season. They drafted a fifth rounder in Talanoa Hufanga out of USC. You had Jaron Maiden, the undrafted free agent from last year. Uh, Kai Nakua, the other um, undrafted free agent. They signed Tavon Wilson also in the offseason. I think you have some versatility for some other guys that could jump into safety if you need it. And now they throw... Tony Jefferson on top of it, like, do they really need nine safeties? What's going on right now? No, that's a lot. But, you know, when you have a 90-man roster to kind of fill out, and you, especially at the safety position, you have some guys that are kind of a little injury-prone, right? Last year they brought Jonathan Cyprian. Um, this year it looks like Tony Jefferson now, and I think a lot of it just has to do with just the depth and having that veteran available. Because I think if you were to tell me going into a game tomorrow and I couldn't have – 
Tart or Ward, I would probably rather have Tony Jefferson than even that Maiden, who has been there, but there's just so much unknown. I think it's always good to have a veteran. I think fans always just think about the age of somebody or maybe even Jefferson coming off of an injury. But yep. the one thing you can't make up for is the mental aspect of things and how even when somebody might be a little bit older, but the game has slowed down so much for them. So, you know, seeing Jefferson sign, obviously he's coming off of an injury, didn't even play in 2020, but I think from a depth standpoint and Hey, can, can he beat out one of the backup guys? I really like the backup guys too. I'm one of those people, especially Marcel Harris. Marcel Harris has gotten a lot of grief from 49ers fans and you've always been in his corner. Well, when you watch the all 22, I I think, again, this is one of those things where you're watching the game and you might notice a bad play and it's just like, Oh, bad play. It's always happening to Marcel Harris, you know? But when you actually, like, watch him play for play, you see some really good things that he's able to do in space, in the box. He's much better in coverage. I think people give him credit for it on a play-to-play basis. Um, The way he's able to really jump routes, anticipate. um, He forces a lot of turnovers. I mean, there's a lot of really good quality things he he does, but I just think the biggest issue is, not really being that full-time guy. So when he gets in, there's some sometimes there's still things he's seeing for the first time. And when you're not the starter, sometimes it's a little bit harder to prepare because you're not getting those reps in practice. And all of a sudden, boom, I get thrown into a game and I, I'm not 100% sure with what I'm seeing. And you see some screw-ups. And I think that's what happens more times than not with him. When you've seen him during that stretch 2019 where he had to start like the last four games, he was really good. He had the, you know, a play here and there against against New Orleans. And then after that, I mean, he was really solid. So he gives you a lot of ability, but I just think he needs those legit in-game reps as being the guy. And he hasn't been able to get those. So his play happens to be up and down as far as, far as 49er fans know. Yeah, and the more you play, the more you're able to play better and get more consistent too. So when we saw that with him, we saw that with Mosley. We even saw that with... Well, in, in some cases, we saw it with uh, Akella Witherspoon where he would have an extended period and look good, and then you know something would happen or maybe an injury. So um, I, I think depth isn't a bad thing. And I think the other thing to note is Tart isn't currently practicing either, so they might just still need some bodies there for all the reps that they're going through. And, and maybe that's part of we're seeing a lot of numbers in the secondary, a lot of numbers in pass catchers, wide receivers, tight ends. Maybe they're looking at this as – uh, an off season where they're trying to limit reps. So they want more people to filter through more routes so they can keep guys healthier too. I think that could be a part of it. No, nah, definitely. I remember being in when, what was it? Mini camp or OTAs with the jets and like the receivers just started falling like flies and it got worse and worse because just the overload of reps is like, well, we're down three receivers. So now you have these other guys just getting all the reps. And I think, you know, we think like, oh, the more reps, the better, but not on your body when you're running routes hard, you know, route after route after route, what it does to your legs, your feet. And then it kind of breaks you down when at a time when you're supposed to be building up at this moment yeah. and kind of ramping things up to get ready for, you know, training camp and all that. But in OTAs, I don't think you really want that. And I think that's probably why you see more of the bodies. Uh, let's talk Trey Lance. We'll do the last segment about Julio because I know I'll probably get a little bit long when it talks about uh, wide receivers here. And wide receivers are your specialty. 
But Trey Lance in Las Vegas, uh, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> seeing the thing to be worried about. It wasn't like he was caught on video doing anything crazy. He was just there, and it was a team-building outing in Las Vegas. It was, uh, was it George Kittle's birthday or something like that? Why, I don't remember why they were all there, but there was that big party, and it was Kittle, and Travis Kelsey was there with him. That was pretty funny, seeing the two best tight ends in the NFL dancing next to each other in a cabana in Las Vegas. But, <laughs> I mean, oh, well, he's 21 years old. He's there. It wasn't like he was doing anything bad while he was there. If he was caught on video, like, cranking back beer bongs or whatever, then he'd be like, hey, what's this guy doing? But he was just hanging out with his teammates. I mean, I, I, it, you almost can't say no to George <laughs> Kittle says, hey, we're going to Las Vegas. We're going to do some team building here. I mean, you're 21 years old. Go for it, right? Yeah, I heard I heard one person compared to like Johnny Manziel, and I'm like, dude, this is not a Johnny Manziel situation. This is a guy who is going out with an outing with, you know, George Kittle. Maybe he was invited by Kittle and other guys. I think when you're a rookie coming in to this type of situation, you want to show that you're one of the guys, you know. And I think the fans took it as he's not focused. It should be football 24 seven. And it's like, no, like I literally knew guys, and again, they're not the the quarterback of the team, the guys that I'm going to be, you know, that I'm thinking of, but every time they had a break, like on Thursday, like, cause we, we had, I think before I got to OTAs, they used to go Monday through Thursday. And then they have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off Thursday after the workouts, they were out of there. They were on the first flight to wherever they were going. Like you don't have to hang around the facility during the weekend. So, you know, to see a rookie quarterback go out on a weekend, like that's not, something that's out of the ordinary for any football player. That's your time off. You go have a little bit of fun. Like you said, there wasn't anything crazy going on. Now, if you just see him like, you know, just doing wild stuff, right. then yeah, then I guess there could be something to worry about. But, you know, I'm out with George Kittle, who's the face of the team, and probably just having a good time in Vegas. Like, it's fine. It's a day off. They're yeah, good. I mean, and I get that there. I understand the point that look, you're a quarterback, and people are going to look at you differently, and you have to act differently. And there's kind of no days off. You're always in charge. You're always the face of the franchise. Now you're up front. But I mean, we just saw Tom Brady win a Super Bowl and couldn't even walk off the boat because he was so trashed. Right. So it's like you know, they're they're human beings. You can you can have a little bit of fun as long as he's doing all the work he needs to do. And Look, he's with his teammates, too. He wasn't just, like, jamming off by himself with his boys going to Las Vegas every weekend or anything like that. So, yeah, that's a that's a worry level zero for me with Trey Lance in Las Vegas. I, I even I even heard some people saying, see, we should have took Justin Fields instead. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's Fields like, is come on, man. at home doing push-ups right now, and Trey Lance is in Las <laughs> Vegas. Right. Ridiculous. Oh, I mean, but that's sort of – it's it's – it's a symptom of a, of a bigger thing that like these guys are tied forever, and Mac Jones too, and, and probably even the first yeah. two quarterback. You know, Jets yeah. fans are, are going to be paying attention to the careers of these other guys that went after them, and so these quarterbacks are always going to be compared for the rest of their careers. And uh, and it, this is buckle up because this kind of stuff is not going to oh. stop. And you know, the first preseason game, if one of them has a good game and the other one doesn't, people are going to freak out, and people are going right. to freak out when Trey Lance isn't the starter and it's Jimmy G. And the Bears name, uh, Justin Fields, a starter in week one. And if the Bears beat the 49ers when they play in week eight and Justin Fields is on the field and playing well against the Niners, I mean, look out for that one. That, that'll be the big one, week eight. Like that better, the 49ers better play well against Justin Fields because he'll definitely be the starter by then. The Niners better, better beat up on him because uh, I, he, he might be a little extra motivated for that game too. I think he will, judging by his reaction after being drafted by the Bears. Yep. 
Yep, he, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and who knows, maybe that makes him better in a lot of cases. I think that does happen to guys. So um, let's talk Julio Jones here because we've got to, if, if you listen to yesterday's show, we, we did talk a little bit about Julio, and we had pre-recorded it, even though it was Monday's show, and the trade did happen. But uh, now we know who Julio Jones will be playing for. It's the Tennessee Titans, not the 49ers. But I don't want to focus so much on Julio with this next segment. I want to talk about the 49ers wide receivers now. We know what the Niners are going to go into the season with. What you feel about them, Croc, how they ranked in a recent list, what you like and what you don't like, and maybe we'll project out what six guys we think will make the team next. Built Bar has delicious nine original flavors, but occasionally you get that limited edition flavor. Grasshopper cookie showed up. If you love Thin Mints, you're going to love the grasshopper flavor of Built Bar. Only 150 calories in this flavor with a whopping 17 grams of protein and only 5 grams of sugar. The original nine flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate. I love the peanut butter flavors. Like all of the peanut butter flavors are awesome in my opinion. Go so great with the consistency. Oh yeah, all bars are covered in 100% chocolate. So go to BuiltBar.com, build your own box of Built Bars, use promo code LOCKED15. You will get 15% off your first order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I said six. I, 49ers usually roll with about six guys. I could see a situation where they only keep five and they cut someone like Sanu so his contract isn't guaranteed, but then sign him back in, before week two or something like that. You know, so. Uh, but but I'm going to go with six. I think that's usually around the number they end up keeping. I think they're going to need some depth because of injuries, and I think they're going to have enough of a battle with enough guys that it's going to be very close for the, for the guys that do make the roster. But obviously, it's Debo and Ayuk. Those guys need to stay healthy. I think most 49ers fans are, are cool with that because they know that you got George Kittle involved as well. And PFF just did a list recently of the best receivers, receiving groups in the NFL. And they included George Kittle in this list, but the Niners were number seven in the entire league when you look at the top three receiving options. Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo. And I was looking at this list and I started at the bottom and I wanted to see where the 49ers were and I was kind of scrolling up fast and I got towards the top 10. I was like, oh shoot, I must have passed them. And I went back down to look again. And I was like, oh no, they're in the top 10. They're number seven. Okay, I didn't think they would be getting that much respect right now. So I was surprised by that. Yeah, I was surprised as well. And then, but then when I looked and I noticed that they kind of included George Kittle and, and counted them as like pass catching group, now, you know, from that standpoint, I could see why they would be a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, there were still some teams that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know there were some teams where I was like, why is why are the 49ers in front of that team? But I think, you know, overall, when you look at it from the standpoint of, you know, George Kittle, you know you have your number one target and really, you know, a top three tight end in the league, one of the best passing catchers in the league. And then you have you know, two really young studs off of that. My my issue kind of with it, and with, even with the 49ers kind of being that high, is there's still a lot of unknown because we're we're judging a guy like, you know, Brandon Ayuk, who I really like. I think it's really more off of potential because it's not like he's just been this guy that just tore up the league and was a thousand-yard receiver. Now, there could be, you know, a lot of different reasons, whether it's, you know, the quarterback situation or him missing four games as to why he maybe wasn't more productive. But – at the end of the day, it just kind of is what it is in the sense of what we know from the group. You know, same with Debo Samuel. Had a really good rookie year, right? And we look at it like, oh, great rookie year. But it was like, he had like 800 yards. <laughs> you know, it wasn't right. like when you look at what guys are doing around the league, the 49ers receiving group is 
slightly underwhelming until you add George Kittle. High potential, but still the production isn't quite there yet. Yeah, so a lot of unknowns, even with that top three, and then depth is a real issue too. And, and who's going to step up and be that number three? Um, I, I wonder where, I can't remember offhand, and I don't have it up, where the Titans ranked on that list before because they're wide receivers I went <laughs> looked at it today and I I've, I knew they needed some wide receivers but they were really bad outside of AJ Brown is one of the best young receivers in the NFL so they really needed a receiver yeah. so that changes things big time for them and they're still running out uh you know their third option is Anthony Ferkser tight end you know um and and yeah. so they needed Julio in a big way. That helps the Titans a lot. And it, we were close, man. We nailed it. A second round pick plus a conditional. Uh, no, what our thing was a conditional fourth the following year, 2023. And that's exactly what they gave up. A, a, a fourth yeah. the following year and then getting back a sixth. So uh, we nailed it as far as the value. And even if the 49ers offered what we thought would be like a good offer and make sense, I'm sure the tie would have gone to the AFC team. So I don't know if there was really an opportunity for the 49ers to make this happen. And according to Albert Breer, they never really made uh, an official offer to the Falcons for Julio Jones, but all four NFC West teams had checked in. And listening to Kyle Shanahan at the NASCAR event, he, he seemed pretty darn happy that uh, he was not in the NFC West and that Julio was, was transferred out to the AFC. You know, the one crazy thing about that whole trade is that everybody focuses so much on cap space. And I, I, I was talking about, I was like, look, teams are going to find a way to get a guy that they like and, and, you know, get him on their roster, regardless of their cap situation. And don't focus on whatever your current cap situations are because they make it work somehow. And when before they traded for Julio Jones, they were under the cap by $3 million. So now they're adding $15 million or whatever it is that they have to take on for this year, and they have to figure things out. But that just goes to show, like, teams will figure it out. If right. there's a guy that you want, you go get him and you figure it out because they weren't in the greatest cap situation to get him. But you look at their roster and their receiving core, and like you said, they had to make a move. I think there's, like, Des Fitz, Fitzpatrick, yeah, fourth uh, Reynolds, round pick. Des Fitzpatrick to- uh, on the uh, on the hour lads depth charts, the projected depth charts. They had a guy named either Blake Christian or Christian Blake. I'm not sure, but I can't even picture who that guy is. And they had him <laughs> listed as the starter next to AJ Brown. I was like, wow. they got to do something. Yeah, see, and I know there's Reynolds, right? That played with Los Angeles. Oh, that's right. They picked up Josh Reynolds in free agency, but that's so, that's I number mean, but, three or four but, receiver, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's not. That's not ideal. So, but you add a Julio Jones to that, you bolster it up, and now you make yourself go from all attentions on AJ Brown to man. Now we got a bona fide offense with Julio, AJ Brown, and Henry in the backfield. Yeah, and Derrick Henry. So basically, before you could have nine guys in the box, you double AJ Brown. You say, all right, go go to town, right? So now you have an opportunity to open things up for everybody on the offense. It helps AJ Brown. It helps Derrick Henry. And obviously, it's going to help Ryan Tannehill a lot. And speaking of making some cap space, you think if uh, Ryan Tannehill got a phone call a few days ago and was like, hey, uh, hey, Tanny, would you be willing to restructure your contract to create a little bit of cap space if we traded for Julio Jones? What do you think he'd say about that? I, I think he'd be pretty into uh, doing some things, moving some money around to add Julio Jones to his offense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Do whatever you got to do. Let's get <laughs> him. He could just, he so could just have, have my $15 the- million, dollars, to be honest. So I don't have to throw the Jeff Blake or, or whoever. The <laughs> Christian, Christian Blake, I believe it is. 
Um, yeah, that's a Jeff Blake. Oh, Jeff Blake. That's a that's a blast from the past. I forgot, I forgot about that guy. Um, let's talk about okay. The 49ers wide receivers really quick. So it's obviously it's Debo and Ayuk. If they were keeping six off the top of your head right now before camp, before we've seen anything really except for a few quick OTA shots and uh, Austin Watkins getting locked down for one rep. Um, I would put Watkins on probably the the practice squad anyway, and maybe on the Juwan Jennings plan. And uh, I have heard some good reports about Juwan Jennings, and he's maybe in better shape, which will help him if any extra quicks he can find will be good for him. Uh, Jennings has to be one of the six probably. If Jalen Hurd is healthy, I'm sure that's the guy they would love to see. I don't, it's hard to project what he could be. He could be anything. He could never take a snap in the NFL. He could be the Niners' number three wide receiver this year. I have no idea, but if he's healthy enough to to be on the team, he'll be on the team. So that would be four. Richie James, Trent Sherfield, Muhammad Sanu, um, uh, Craycraft doesn't do much for me. Kevin White, it would have happened if it was going to happen. Travis Benjamin is the one, the big unknown there, opting out last year. He's not young, but I think there's some there's some obvious competition, like Sanu versus Hurd versus Jennings. Who's the big-bodied slot? Who's going to be the big slot? Um Richie James versus Sherfield versus Travis Benjamin, like the special teams guys who, who are going to win those battles. I think those are sort of some secret camp battles that'll be fun to watch. You know, I, I'm looking at Muhammad Sanu, and I think that's the guy that most people are writing off. In. And I know you talked about him kind of being cut so that his, the rest of his roster, you know, his money for the year isn't guaranteed. But I think with so much uncertainty surrounding the receiver position, I think he's somebody that regardless, I mean, I can't imagine his contract being very much. He's somebody that you might just have to keep around because of just his experience, his experience in the office, and really probably knowing exactly what you're getting from him as opposed to some of these other guys who, you know, either have injury concerns or are still really young and you just don't know. But I think there's a situ- scenario where, he really makes a push for it. And I think that's the one guy that a lot of people are really kind of counting out in this whole thing. It's like, oh, Muhammad Sanu, just, you know, whatever. But I, I think he I think he hangs in there this year. Yeah, that veteran, just the veteran presence, a guy that you know you can trust to run the right route and line up in the right spot. Uh, and, you know, he's 32 years old, just like Julio Jones was. So if Julio Jones is not done, then uh, you can't say that, Mohamed Sanu's got zero left in the tank either at the same age. And yeah, you're right. He's not making much, pretty much vet minimum salary here. He's got a, um, just, just a hair over a million dollars basically is what he's making. So even if that became guaranteed, uh, if he's on the roster in day one, you you might need that. You need some consistency. You need to be able to know that if one of your top guys gets hurt, you can plug in someone like Mohamed Sanu who can give you some quality reps at wide receiver. And you can't say that about some of the other guys. It say, you know, it's week four and you're playing against, I think it's Seattle, right? And you got to go down to Seattle. Would you rather go into that game with, and maybe one of your receivers are out, right? So we'll say Brandon Ayuk, he's out with a, a hip pointer or something. I yeah. don't know, right? So you got Debo Samuel. Who would you rather have playing, rolling out there with Debo Samuel? Uh, you know, Richie James and Juwan Jennings or... Mohamed Sanu and, you know, a combination of some other guys. I think just having Sanu on the field, and I think even as a fan, kind of knowing exactly what you're getting from him, I, that's just a little bit more comforting to me. And then, yeah, you consider the injuries, and, and all those guys might make the team because half of them might be injured. I mean, Debo's injury history is pretty extensive. And I, I was a little bit worried, even when he was healthy, how gadgety he was used last year by Kyle Shanahan in that yeah. offense. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of it was a quarterback. A lot of it was because of his injuries, but... 
they didn't even treat him like a wide receiver at a certain point. It's like, wait, how do you even vision this guy in your offense? Like, throw him a pass, a, a pass the line of scrimmage. You know, not not even yeah. twenty yards down the field, just one yard down the field. You know, he had more yards after catch than he had actual yards. I I don't Man. have the numbers in front of me. There's something crazy. Uh, yard his his average yards per catch was was just insane. Like the, that, the that's depth, all he was. the depth of the. The depth of the targets was like minus one or something like <laughs> yes. something ridiculous. It's, it was stupid how he was, he was used purely as a gadgety wide receiver. So if you're looking at him, and like he's that, not just that. No, he's more. I than think that. that's he the definitely thing. Is. Like he's much more. When he was at old, uh, uh, South Carolina, they utilized him at every single level of the field, even like as like a vertical jump ball guy, and he was winning, dude. And that's that why too. the whole Debo thing. I was like, yeah, because he'll snatch your chain. He'll go up and get the ball in the crowd. He's better uh, catching a ball with people around him than Brandon Ayuk is even. And people are talking yeah. about Ayuk developing into this guy. I think Ayuk has a, still a lot to develop and he wasn't really good in contestant catch situations. Debo's pretty good in those situations. Like he'll, he'll take a hit, he'll go up and get the ball and pull the, the ball down when he's covered. So I, I think Debo was absolutely underutilized as a downfield receiver. And I think he might be at, at this stage as good as Ayuk as a downfield receiver, even though Ayuk maybe has a little bit more play speed and looks like the type that should be better down the field. Ayuk for his arm length, because they're both, I think both those guys are like 5'11 and a half, so n- neither one of them are super tall. But Ayuk with his crazy arm length should be better with the ball in the air, but he wasn't great at that at Arizona State. And there were times last year, you see him make these amazing catches off the shoe tops when the ball's near the ground, because he can tie his shoes standing up. But the, over his head is, is not where he shines. So I think Ayuk, that's the last step, not the last step, but that's one of the steps in his development is being better in contested catch situations and snatching the ball out of the air and down the field. So I think that's something that he still has to prove to me that before we can start talking about him in that group with C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson and some of the other top guys from last year's class, let alone being a top five or ten wide receiver in the league. And I see people already putting that on him, and I would say, you know, slow down a little bit about that. And we, we just already saw people were doing that to Debo too last year. So a lot of things can happen to a young player's development. Yeah, and that's not the only place I'd like to see Ayuk improve. I'd like to see him really be more elusive after the catch. You know, there were a lot of, like, Odell Beckham comps, right, because he can catch those slants and take him to the house. But Odell Beckham also is really slippery in space in the sense of making guys miss and then getting the extra yards from there. And that was one thing I didn't really see from uh, Brandon Ayuk last year. Like, I thought that was the one thing where I'm like, you have all this athleticism, utilize it. Maybe it comes with him, you know, being a little bit more comfortable in the offense, comfortable with what he's seeing and being able to kind of play a little bit more freely. And maybe we'll start seeing those things. But I definitely thought last year he played a little more conservative, you know, catch the ball and it's kind of like, oh, I can make a guy miss. We saw the play against Philadelphia, but I thought that was a one off in the sense of like how the rest of the season went with him after the catch. Yeah, it, it, he didn't create. And this is sort of a Kyle Shanahan offense thing and why you love having Kyle Shanahan around is because he allows wide receivers to be open and, and put him in space rather than the wide receiver need to, needing to create it all himself. So I think IU could do a better job of doing that, creating and making plays on his own. And, and so could Debo. And so they, they definitely do both have to take big steps in their development to be the guys I think 49ers fans are expecting them to be. And they absolutely could. And the quarterback situation will be a big part of that, seeing the development of Trey Lance. And as long as Trey Lance uh, doesn't spend all summer in Las Vegas, so I think we'll be I think we'll be in good shape there as far as the 49ers passing game if if guys are healthy. But um, they have proven to not be healthy. I mean, even the backups, like 
Hurd has never played a snap because of injury. Richie James is hurt again. He was out OTAs with a hamstring or something like that. It seems like every chance that Richie James gets to jump in and do something, he gets some nagging injuries as well. So, uh, and don't forget that George Kittle's had a lot of injuries himself. So, like, there's there's a path that this could go really bad, which worries me. And that's why a veteran like Mohamed Sanu and even Travis Benjamin, you're probably glad those guys are around in training camp because they, you know, they might be needed a lot more than we expect. Right. And Travis Benjamin, I'm still a little, a little iffy with him. And I think, I think in theory, I understand what he is, but just kind of what the production says, you know, it's been a long time since he's been any kind of factor on the field. So we'll, we'll see. Sanu, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more because even after he left the 49ers, he still was playing, played with the Lions, caught some touchdowns. Um, you could still see like, you know, the production and ability is there if given the opportunity. I got one more question for you, and I'll throw it past Nick as well. We'll save it for tomorrow's Winky Wednesday episode. 49ers wide receivers, I think it's going to be fun to track all preseason long, all during training camp, and watching some of those battles and see who ends up being the three through six on the roster, where they're being utilized, uh, watching special teams. Coverage units is going to be big. Someone like Sherfield, I think he might not get that much run, but who knows, maybe he ends up... There's always that one player that you're like, hey, what the heck? He's on the play for the he's on the field for the first play of the first preseason game. I didn't see this coming at all. So Sherfield might uh, we didn't really talk about him might surprise some folks, but uh, I got some questions for you tomorrow about wide receiver. We'll continue that conversation. Talk about whatever's going on. Plus your questions at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on tomorrow's pod right here. Locked on 49ers.